Welcome everyone to Future of the North podcast. Today I am here with a good friend, I would say, Ahmed Kadman. <laughs> it's it's Kabudan. Kabudan. Like it's Muhammad. Like is yeah. my is the one that we chose because when we immigrated, and then Kabudan is like the real one that I use. Like now. wait, wait, <laughs> hold on. The one you chose? Well, I didn't choose it. My dad chose it. Like, when we're immigrating, they say, like, you choose your fourth name. And, like, because in my culture, it's always just, like, there's no, like, last name. It's, like, your dad's name and his dad's name. So my dad's name is my middle name. His dad's name should theoretically be my... And it is. Like, it just happened. By coincidence, it is my last name. Yeah. But... (sighs) Because okay, I'm okay, sorry. Hold on. That is that is really cool. First yeah. of all, thank you. So Ahmed Kabudan. Yes, that's the the reason why we chose. Now we're kind of going by that one is because that's the oldest recorded one that we have in my family. Wow, it's kind of a rare name, and, and it's it's Farsi, and it means uh, glimmering lake. Apparently, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> apparently that's what it means. Um, but it, yeah, it just keeps going. Grandfather's name, and then his grandfather's name. Unfortunately, it's all male. But it is pretty cool that like, my, I don't I have infinite names. It goes, Ahmed, Mahmoud, Muhammad, Abdul Majid, and then continues continue. There's another Muhammad in there, and then it just continues, and then Kabudan's the last one. So okay, I'm going wait, by that. no, 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 sorry. We need to <laughs> we need to back up just a little bit. So yeah. how many names do you have? Technically, going back to when it started, like going back to when the tradition started, like. From what I understand, it's not even that it always was like there. It's not like middle names are kind of a recent thing almost, like, or last names even. So yeah, it's just how it is, man. I don't know. I'm just <laughs> I'm just throwing tape for those of you who are watching with us, because um, I had to tape up to let people know that we're recording a podcast in here, so they're just a little quieter. <laughs> um, that's amazing. So. Ahmed is the one that your dad chose when you guys immigrated. So well, did no, you? Muhammad is the one that he chose. My oh. name. This is this is how it gets. This is annoying. Okay. No, this is interesting. No, but it's annoying for me because oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, my name was chosen by my dad, like okay. literally when I was born. It was not chosen beforehand. And the reason why he chose my name as Ahmed was because he owed my uncle, because my uncle named his son after my dad. <laughs> And I was like, this was just an exchange, like... You owe me. You have to name your son after me. Well, he didn't need to, but he chose to. And my mom was going to name me something else. I forget what, but like... That's, I think it was Omar or something. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> still cool. That yeah, you would have been a completely different person. I exactly. think. <laughs> but wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's very cool. Good way to start off the podcast, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. <laughs> what? So, what? Okay, my brain is like, huh? Because my name is just easy. Jaleese Keating. There's no like. I love it though. It reminds me of um, Annalise Keating. Do you, you've said that, I before. said that before. I love it. I love it. You have no idea. I just think people are used to ripping off my last name. That's what I think about it. Because there's not. Yeah. For for me within my family, there's only three of us. Uh, there's five of us now right. with my last name. Right. Did so, someone change the name? Like their like last name? Like they got married or something? No, my brother got married. But, I see. And now he has a kid. So that's how that goes. Yeah, yeah, But yeah. before, um, it was, well, my dad's family is kind of big, but there's mm-hmm. not many people within our family that has our last name anymore because the generation's past has passed. Oh, so, yeah. So yeah. Um, after my grandmother passed away, it was just myself, um, my older brother, and my dad that had our last name. See, that's... Uh, I, I love last names, but I always get really, like, confused about them because I'm just like, well, if, like, a woman and a man... Here, the culture is, if a woman gets married to a man, she takes the, his last name. In over there in Egypt, which, like... By the way, guys, I'm a Nubian Egyptian. <laughs> um, in Egypt, my my mom... Like, or just any, like, women, when they marry, they keep their last name. yeah. But the child is gonna have the father's last name, mm. and I. The thing is, I like more of the. I like some of that system, and I like some of the system here where now they're um, not the fact that the woman is taking the man's last name, but I am liking the fact that the children are having 
two last like the last the two names last conjoined. Names, yeah. I love that. My aunt actually she's not my biological aunt, but she's mm. my aunt all the same. Hi Auntie, if you ever got <laughs> to this. Um she kept her last name. She yeah, didn't take her should, husband's well, last name. So, so yeah. their kids have hyphenated last name. Mm-hmm. So they have she has her last name, her husband has his last name. And the kids are hyphenated, and I fair. think that's beautiful. I think it's fair. In right. my mom's side of family, one thing that I've seen a lot is either the woman, like my aunts, will make their last name their middle name, so they keep their last name somehow, and then they take on their husband's name, or it's always mm-hmm. hyphenated. They're like, "Nah, you get a hyphen, and then your name." <laughs> we're not, we're not doing this whole switch out thing. Oh, that's wow. not happening. <laughs> I just think people should keep their names, like. In a way, like if you don't, uh, just keep a part of your family. Unless you really don't want to, you want to cut it off. Fine. That's but, what I was about to say. Like, unless you really don't want to, but I just feel like, for me, for me, for me, it's like I mean, I've had different first names before, and that was mm. from discovering myself and not feeling connected with my first name because of the history behind it and like mm. the religion with it. Yeah. Um. And like the connotations, like people would really, and they do, they do look at me and they say, I know, ex-, like they think they know exactly who I am. Don't you just love that? I know. I love it, right? But it, <laughs> I love it because it's a surprise. It's a shock. And you know, I'm okay with that. I like that actually. That all yeah. factor. Exactly. Like it goes both ways. Like people will see like Ahmed Muhammad and they'll say, if, the, if you heard that name, there's a lot of things that go with it. Like, I cannot apply for a job online. Because they, yeah, they don't hear me speak. And they're just thinking, like, oh, he's an international student. I'm not going to take him. Mm-hmm. And it's like, first of all, that shouldn't be happening to international students. Absolutely not. And second of all, I'm not even one. Exactly. Like, and I know the language very well. Trust. I know three languages. Trust. Um, period. <laughs> so, and this one, I, I think I'm fairly com- uh, confident with. And, I agree. You know, like, I don't think there's anything that should be prejudged. And there's a lot of prejudice. So, when not even from that, like with jobs, but I just mean like in general, when people, if you were to hear my name, you'd think this is a conservative Muslim, like, mm-hmm. guy who's like praised five times a day and who's like really... Um, has maybe has like really intolerant beliefs sometimes people think mm. and then you get to know a little bit about me and like no he does drag and he's like depth like far from intolerant very progressive and like has many things to offer and is very intersectional I, absolutely i agree mm-hmm. so for those who do not know you because i know that there are people who don't know you how would you and i'm, I'm gonna make this a bit of a challenge in one sentence how would you talk about who you are Oh my gosh. I would say like a desert drag queen, like something like that. Okay. Yeah. A, like that's like the <laughs> that's like the little thing. I would say like but it's more than that. I would say Nubian Egyptian mm-hmm. does drag public speaker, youth advocate. Absolutely. That's what really that's what I do. I don't define myself based off of like what I am. Like I define myself of what I do. And what I practice is I try my best to practice my culture, even if I'm here in Canada. Mm-hmm. I, I practice advocacy. I practice um, tradition, and I practice public speaking. Like those are the thing, and drag. So those are the things that I do, and therefore, like, that's what make me. Right. So, well, I want to know also about you, though, because well, I know this is not. <laughs> Because you were talking about your family and everything. You're Jamaican. Yeah. You're Jamaican. And I've always been so interested about that because you made fun of my Jamaican accent. Because your it's Jamaican bad. accent was bad. It's so bad. <laughs> it's really uh, bad. So, hi, everyone. My name is Jaleese Keating. I'm your host of Future of North podcast. Um, and I am horrible at talking about myself on every level. Well, I said, you know, I don't have to. I'm not going to interrogate you. <laughs> Okay, you can interrogate me all you want, but I, I'm just interested about this, just a little bit. I'm an onion. Um, I have many layers. I have many yes. things that I do. I have a mentor that calls me Slash because growing up, there were so many things that I did and so many activities that I, I did in different like communities that yeah. he was like, 
Yeah, no, you're not getting a proper nickname because if you just add slash after things you do, you would find more things that you do. And mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, that's true. That's po- so poetic, though. I actually really <laughs> like that. I'm like, mm, that guy, what are you? use that am i stealing that from you maybe Maybe. we'll see (laughs) so um my parents are jamaican Mm -hmm. Uh, they both immigrated from jamaica to canada Mm -hmm. uh well before i was born so i was born here my mom came to canada when she was nine years old Mm -hmm. and my dad came to canada oh my gosh um when he was in his 20s early 20s i think he was like 20 22 21 22 right um and ironically their families knew each other from back in jamaica oh i like that yeah so uh they met when they got here when my dad got here Mm -hmm. uh they went i think they went to college together i don't know the full story (laughs) and then um they had my older brother and then me love that i love the story like it's good to hear i think it's more interesting to hear about like some of these like a variety of stories like that because my family's story coming here is very not very different it's different like i came here when i was five years old Mm -hmm. i was born in kuwait kuwait is not egypt so like even though i was born in kuwait i lived in egypt i'm still egyptian and that's because of juice sanguinis right the latin term for like Mm. uh law of the blood yeah so because my blood is Egyptian, specifically my dad's blood is Egyptian. You're if Egyptian. My, I'm Egyptian. And if my mom was Kuwaiti and my dad was Egyptian, I'd still be Egyptian. Like, the, Going unfortunately, by the paternal bloodline. The mother is not considered, unfortunately. <laughs> Literally, like, guys, not that I support it. I'm just saying, like, that's how it goes yeah. over there. I'm like, I don't know. It's kind of just boring. Like, my whole family, you know, I, I hear, like, these love stories and, like, these elaborate things. And I'm like... Like, for my, honestly, white friends. Like, it's usually my white friends. And I love that. I love that. No, I really do. It's just, I, we don't have that. Like, it was literally an arranged marriage. Like, <laughs> like it was, it's so, people would, I love how people assume that. People would be like, oh, didn't your parents, like, get married back there? And, like, they had it all arranged. And I'm like, yeah, but you don't have to assume that. Like, you're right. But, but well, why did you assume? <laughs> like, yeah honestly i think i think it was up if it was up to my grandparents they probably would have done the same with my parents because Mm -hmm. like even present day like my best friend's parents would be like oh there's this young man and he's so nice and you know he's well educated you should go out with him that's cute though like that's different than arranged (laughs) that's different than arranged honestly honestly like when i say arranged marriage i mean like it's such a complicated process you guys like honestly i actually know the process believe it or not yeah i do okay sorry i'm not no no no. no, for me it's for me it's um i love different cultures and i love to know different things and i i wanted to understand arranged marriages because Mm -hmm. um at one point in my life my mom was like oh if your dad was like indian like fully indian then he would arrange your marriage it wasn't it wouldn't be mm-hmm. a, like a choice yeah it, it kind of like would be a choice a, but same thing because if you don't like the person or your parents don't like like that that family's son then it'd be like no let's not exactly. <laughs> let's not have this wedding happen arranged marriage is not forced marriage no like not saying that at all it's just um like you have it's like dating but with your parents basically and aunts and uncles and they they put together a list of potential suitors um sons and daughters Mm -hmm. and they say well oh i think your daughter and my son would would be you know a good match match, and our families get along well and so this is this is a joining of two families so it's not just them that they have to like each other but we like each other so let's see if they like each other (laughs) yeah and a lot of people like it's it has its good and bad qualities but for most people like they feel rushed and like they really just feel the need like oh my gosh i need to get married i need to get married so like they they'll refuse the people that they don't like Mm -hmm. but like if you're neutral and you're like you're not that bad like okay i'll take you like i want kids i want a family i want a life like my parents want me to get married like let's just do it i'm getting older yeah you know i there's a study so there's a study between arranged. There was a study, sorry, between <laughs> arranged marriages and like the Western society practice of like dating, and mm-hmm. falling in love, and then getting married. Mm-hmm. And 
Uh, I found this so amusing. So um, those who start off in the Western society way of dating, Mm -hmm. they start off at a high point. So they fall in love first and then they get married. And then you see the marriage kind of like, I understand that. It's like in every show, every TV show, every movie. It's like, don't get married. Right. Like, oh, tell your son. Or like, I don't know. That part. Yeah. So it starts to tank first. Yeah. Because they got married in a point where they were on an emotional high. Mm -hmm. And then it kind of like dips. And then the marriages that make it, they, (laughs) they go to a point where they are happy. Yeah. And arranged marriages, because... Sometimes you don't know the person as well. You haven't spent as much time with them to get to really, really know them. Mm -hmm. It's not like years. It can be, but mm, not really. Not always. (laughs) (laughs) They they start off at a low point where they're they're decently happy, but they're not Mm -hmm. like this lovey dovey couple. And as within the first five years, they're actually just as happy as a couple who has gone through the whole I'm in love, let's get married. But that couple actually takes longer to get there. That's good. So those who are falling in love and getting married go through that dip. And then the first five years are just garbage. <laughs> garbage statistics. Yeah. And then within like the six, seven years, that's when they actually get start to get happy. But the arranged marriage couple, they're happy within those first five years. And they maintain that happiness because they're growing together. They're getting to know each other. And there's still new things, right? Like right. You don't want it to be stagnant. Like when you know so much about a person that like i know everything about you now i'm bored which is unfortunate because people are always changing so how do you know everything exactly in arranged marriage it's like just based on the statistics of that that particular study that followed this couple for i think 25 years which is crazy beautiful yeah the arranged marriage couple they were making a choice so Mm -hmm. because they didn't fall in love before they got married they said, I'm going to choose to get to know you. I'm going to choose to love you. I'm going to choose to be here and endure mm-hmm. and just grow together. Because I don't know you that well. You don't know me that well. So then they're dating in marriage. Yeah. And a lot of people here, they date. And then once they get married, they stop dating. It's not a game anymore. Like, as I got you, ha. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to pass air in this bed and it's going to smell. And you're going <laughs> to deal with it. Like, <laughs> it's so right. Like, <laughs> not that I would know, y'all, but, like, I get it. I get it. Because, like, when you become comfortable with a person, like, there's no point in, like, trying at that point, right? Like, people do that with friendships, too. They're yeah. like, well, we've been friends for 15 years. So now you're, you're stuck, stuck with me. With me. Yeah. <laughs> Which is not true. Like, no. your tra- friends will change. Trust. It will happen quickly. Oh, boy, do I know. I lost a best friend. She, They're not dead, but yeah. just, we're just yeah, not yeah. friends anymore. Last year, and... Oh. Oh, please. <laughs> um I'm just like <laughs> to me I ha- that's the expected reaction though. Like that's what I should be saying because the thing is the real me would be like well, that is the real me. But yeah, like, this is the real you. The other me would be like well, probably for the best. Yes. Good riddance. That's what I would actually <laughs> say. <laughs> I'm just trying to be cordial. It depends. I I have people like that too. No, please. And I'm used to sassy you. Please be sassy. <laughs> I love it. Well, I don't know. Tell me tell me more cuz I interrupted you and it's just like I've never had that. Like a best friend that's been for years. Yeah. I well, not for that long amount of time, like definitely not. I it switches up with me a lot yeah. just because of my life and like me leaving, going, coming back and Stuff like that. No, I hear you. Um, I don't really know what to say. Mm-hmm. I think I think the friendship just changed over time. Yeah. And when things... Whether it's a... I think the friendship... I have to figure out what the heck I'm going to say about this. I think that uh, friendships, when they dissolve, it's actually harder than relationships. Because there's a lot of people that in current day are so fake when they're in relationships, they're so shallow about it, that they don't actually get to know that person, and the person doesn't actually get to know them. Mm -hmm. So when it ends, it's like, oh, that hurts. But then they get over it pretty quickly, like within months. The relationships that I've seen, oh my goodness. They get over it in months. I'm guilty. And they're on to the next. But like friendships... (laughs) (laughs) i'm guilty of that i I get what you're saying legit like look i'm i can be stubborn but i know when i'm wrong and like you saying that i was like you're right like that's kind of what i've been doing 
But friendships, like when friendships end, especially if it's been long lasting friendships where mm-hmm. that person's vulnerable with you, you're vulnerable with them. They see you through like hard times of your life. They know your secrets. They know your secrets. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's a hard one. Yes. And and now like the relation the relationship devolves dissolves because it's still a relationship. Yeah. Then you're kind of like, ooh, mm. it hurts because you just lost a piece of you almost because I mean I've experienced that on a small scale just like with the friends that I've lost and it just feels like wow I feel like I wasted my time truly because Mm. now it hurts I I haven't like to be like there's a difference between the feeling and the reality yeah these I, I I'm a very sociable person I make friends very easily and like when I lose a friend it hurts when there are people that did know my secrets and like mm. I did open up to because I don't do that with everyone just because yeah. I got you know a lot of friends or a lot of people that I like and like we talk doesn't mean that I'm sharing everything that I'm sharing with you with these other people period mm-hmm. I'm I'm the opposite of you I am <laughs> contrary to what you believe and what mm-hmm. other people believe I'm actually not that much of a sociable person I didn't say that you're not I, I didn't say that you are I I meant that like <laughs> I think that not that you're sociable. I think that, I think that you're sorry. Not that you're you have a lot of friends or something like you're this huge extrovert. I just think you're really genuine and really nice, and people literally love time. you. So Aww. like, it would be it doesn't necessarily mean that you're gonna have a lot of friends because people can be fake. Let's get to that. Mm. But, <laughs> just kidding. Let's not. But because <laughs> that's too much to get into. No, we don't want to be it's negative. Actually, it's actually perfect to talk about. Yeah. Absolutely. So. <laughs> I as genuine I as genuine as I am because I don't believe in changing who I am based on people that I'm around. Like either you mm-hmm. like me or you don't. If you don't, I'm just not the person for you and I'm okay with that. And if we click, you're not going to be my friend like that. We're not, I'm not even in kindergarten I wasn't like that. So Yeah. Um you got to earn that. It takes time for me. Like, it takes a lot of time. Like, I got to see you kind of often. We have to actually have, like, conversations. And I don't like small talk. It makes me cringe. So, like, (laughs) I'm just being honest. I get it. So, when I'm around somebody, usually because of how honest and how open I am about who I am, I can immediately tell somebody's being fake. Because mm-hmm. there is something, there's a, some, just something about their behavior when they're around you yeah. that is off-putting. It's like... Mm-hmm. It's like a paper bag over the face. Like, that's yes. how I imagine it. Because I'm like, you reveal the paper bag... Just take it off. And if you don't want to, then we're not friends. Like, I don't think we can be. Yeah. Because I'm, I don't mind doing the work to get to know who you are. Mm-hmm. I think in any type of relationship, there's always going to be work to get to know the person. That's fine. But mm-hmm. if the first time I'm meeting you, you're being super fake, I don't like Barbies. I don't like yeah. Barbie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if I can say that. I don't like dolls. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like dolls. And I'm not the type of person like who's going to surround myself with people who are going to lie to yeah. me to make me feel better about something my friends are brutally honest like yeah you want something alive you don't want it's like the difference between having a toy i don't know dinosaur versus having a real one exactly. like that's how i feel yeah because i know that the real one's gonna bite me but mm-hmm. hopefully it doesn't kill me like my friends exactly. we, we're all like plants different variations of plants but we all grow differently we need different things we understand each other's needs Mm -hmm. and plants also need space space to grow we give each other that space to grow without overcrowding each other and we understand our individual needs like we're really connected like i my best friends i don't talk to them for months at a time sometimes like yeah (laughs) it's really bad that's what i do no that's how you know that you're really friends with someone like that's actually how you know like if you can go without talking for months and then pick up right where you left off and no change and then we plan like we did a girls trip this year which we haven't done in like five or six years and literally we hadn't but we we text and message like mm, like a couple times a week but our schedules are busy we're all in different places in different cities and we all Mm -hmm. have different schedules and you know things crazy different life so we message and we're like let's just plan a girl trip all right cool (laughs) <laughs> so we planned a girls trip 
to meet in one city, even though we're all in three different cities. Wow. And we, the two of us who are going to my friend's house, drove to her house. For me, it mm-hmm. took seven hours. What? <laughs> seven and a half hours driving. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and my other best friend, for her, it was like six hours. It took her six hours to get there. It took me seven hours to get there. We left. Wow. I left before her so that we can get there relatively at the same time. Wow. So I pulled in, was taking my bags with the car, and then she pulled in, was taking her <laughs> bags with the car. We all are cr- were crazy, just a little bit. And we <laughs> ran into the middle of the street you and were like screaming and hugging <laughs> and like, I am. <laughs> <laughs> screaming and hugging and just so excited to see each other. Yeah. Because we hadn't seen each other in so long. And it was funny for me because I was at my, my one best friend who was also driving. Mm-hmm. I was at her house like two weeks prior. I was like, mm-hmm. I'm coming to your house. <laughs> she was like, all right, do you want the key? <laughs> like, <laughs> and I just show up to her house. And so it was great. It See, was great I want experience. that. I want that. Like, I love that. And you're like, you're so deserving of having that friendship and that genuine connection. Everyone is. Yeah. I think, well, I think especially you. <laughs> Don't take away the compliment. It's the truth. I say how it is. I feel like people deserve what they give. And, you know, if you're not giving your genuine true self, you're then not going to get it. De- you don't deserve to get it. Exactly. Like, that's where, like, I've had to really reflect and, like, lose my anger. I, w- I was such a jealous and angry person and, like, envious. Like, it's not even about, like, anger. It really was envy. Envy's a killer. It is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, just having, like, looking at my experiences and seeing, like, these things that I didn't have were the obviously that's envy and that destroyed me like what envy is is it's literally like you want what i have or vice versa like and it's such a sad position to be in like when you realize that you want what someone else has or you like you want to be like them like isn't that demeaning you like isn't that putting yourself Mm -hmm. below them Mm -hmm. and that's what i would do and now that i have that realization never gonna do it again yeah (laughs) Thank you. Exactly. We'll never do that again. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud for you. Because, mm-hmm. like, envy and ego. Because your envy, like, the envy will tell you, like, you're deserving of that. Exactly. But then your ego will tell you, because you're better than them. Exactly. Because you work harder than them. Because you, but you don't know that mm-hmm. person's life. What do you mean? Mm-hmm. And I found that there's a lot of people that are doing that. And that's why they don't, that's why. They are not genuine. They yeah. haven't identified those things that make them feel that way. They haven't identified those experiences that make them have those ex- present experiences. Like your past experiences will, if you don't deal with them and grieve them and process them, they they really do like filter over into your new experiences. They do. They, they change everything because um, like when it comes to the ego thing and like the I work harder than them I'm better than them yes we don't know but also it's not about hard work like people will get stuff and you didn't work for it I get water I get clean water Mm -hmm. in my house I did not work for that true I didn't even pay for that and (laughs) even if I like you know what I mean like and and then like these are how, how can I justify that like I should get things by how hard I work right. when I'm not working as hard as people in um, developing countries. Right. And they're yeah. not getting those things, so why should I? Exactly. So, like, when you flip the logic and you put it on yourself, that's when you realize how stupid you look. Like, that's, <laughs> honestly, that's how it is. I'm sorry. I love that because it's so true. Yeah. You're pointing at other people, but you always have three p- fingers pointing back at you. Mm-hmm. Always. Mm-hmm. And there are so many people that don't do that internal work or digging yeah. to really understand like who they are or yeah. really to to see that they are valuable despite what they have or do not have. Mm-hmm. And that's so true. And the end, you just end up looking stupid. Like, yes. Really, like, really you don't stupid. even realize you do. Like, that's the thing. That's where the actual, like, <laughs> that's where the goggles come in because, like, you really don't even see it. And yeah. you look crazy. Like, you really do. Um, and like, that's kind of the work that I try to do with my public speaking, mm-hmm. honestly. Like, I try to make people see, like, maybe you are acting a fool. You know, I'm not gonna say that you are. I'm just gonna say, like, let's take the time to think. Let's take the time to think, and we'll we'll look in the mirror. 
and then we'll see. And you decide, I not love, me. I love that. And you also <laughs> do the same thing in your youth advocacy. Like, let's just take a second and let me show you this mirror real quick. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> like, how can you talk about, like, certain things? There's certain events that have happened mm-hmm. and it, in the community and uh, involving me. And, like, it really was, that was a big mirror for me to hold up. Because mm-hmm. I held up a mirror for the city, for a community. Yeah. And for a school board and for people individual people like yeah i held up that mirror and do you know how uh heavy some mirrors are like mm. it really is so yeah. that's why people got to be careful like and i need to i do it like i always tell people like i'm gonna do it first i'm not gonna ask you to do it when i'm not doing it i recently had to yeah i recently had to really look in the mirror and see like am i still hiding parts of myself when i realized that i am and i'm not mm-hmm. going to do that yeah, because it's important not to do that. <laughs> <laughs> but it is important not to hide parts of yourself because every time we're holding up a mirror, like if we're not willing to do the work where we hold up our, that mirror to ourselves first, then how are we actually showing people like what they need to see within themselves, right? Yeah. Because it's really easy to point out something in somebody else. I was like, I don't know why this mic is like that. <laughs> it's really easy to point out something in somebody else but you can't help them actually manage or deal with that yeah. if you haven't done that work for yourself. I think it's it really comes down to the fact that no one's going to save you. You got to save yourself. It's like yeah. I can't I can't make you get that job. I can't make you get that degree and I can't make you lose weight. Like you have you can make you lose weight. You can make you get that job. You yeah. can make you get that degree. If you actually take the power back and you don't rely on other people telling you what to do, your life will be so much better. And I come from a place where like, I just, I had hyper independence, like super independence. And that's not always a great thing, but you know what it taught me a lot? Because I have been able to do things that, honestly kids, because technically, yeah, that's what I am, I'm a kid. (laughs) (laughs) You're not a kid, you're a youth. (laughs) Okay, a youth, whatever, like a youth, a teen, like, they would never imagine that they could do. Like, yeah. who who thinks that they can negotiate their pay at a job? Like, what teenager, kid, youth does that? Right. I do. And I think every every youth should do that. Absolutely. You know? So, who, which, what youth advocate for themselves within, like, to their teachers? Right. Like, a lot of times, this is what's said, this is what you do. Mm-hmm. So, I don't believe in that business. I don't believe in people saying, well, I couldn't do it because someone told me that I can't do it, or I couldn't do it because they wouldn't let me. No, you have to let yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, mm-hmm. I went through that. I went through that process uh, where I had to tell myself that I have permission to do something, mm-hmm. and that in and of itself is a difficult process because you're so used to people telling you what to do that once you actually get to the point where you're like, actually, I can decide this for myself. Like, if you didn't already know that, then it's almost like, and I still do it now, which is really crazy. Like, for example, mm-hmm. um, I've gone through the process of holding up that mirror. Mm-hmm. And I still do this thing where I'll make a decision and then I will call, like, my dad. <laughs> I did this the other day. I called my dad and I was like, hey, dad, I made this decision, but what do you think? <laughs> like, <laughs> and it's not easy mm-hmm. to stop. But once you stop, you feel so much power. But yeah. you, <laughs> you're amazing. Oh my gosh, And you didn't you. only fight for your own power, but you fought for the power of an entire community where you said, not only am I going to hold up the mirror, but I'm actually, and bear the weight of that mirror, mm-hmm. but I'm going to do it not for myself, but for everyone in my community. Yeah. I and thank you for that and for acknowledging that too because I feel like I lost so much from that experience but I also gained so much and you know one of my mentors told me this she said do you think you did it because you felt powerless in your life Mm -hmm. and so there's this thing that people do when you're powerless instead of just sulking in that powerlessness you'll 
fight for the power of others because you yeah. can't get that power yourself. Yeah. And that's what I was really trying to do. Mm-hmm. And in the process, I discovered my own power. So never did I think that I could cause a community to reflect on itself. Never could I think that I could actually cause a decision to be so challenged um, by a community. Never would I have thought that I could do any of that and, and lead a protest and and motivate youth, by the way, motivate youth to show up to processes uh, or protests and other you know processes going on within our city later on. Yeah. We had the one million March protest this summer. Do you know how many of those kids that counter protested I say kids. I mean <laughs> I'm a kid that's why I like I, I use that terminology. How many youth I saw that I knew from the event of the Courage Tour? Mm. I saw so many. I saw so many and they were like actually motivated to go because they saw what I did. And I'm not attributing it to myself. I'm just saying like that event with the Courage Tour was like categorically something that was the precursor to everything that's going on now with people fighting against uh, gayness, queerness, Mm -hmm. and uh, teaching it. Teaching it, quotation marks, because (laughs) we ain't teaching it. How? (laughs) How can you teach that? It just happens. Like It's like, can you teach someone to be white? Can you teach someone to be black? Can you teach someone to be... That's a a great question. And like, in a way you can. Mm-hmm. But that's not what's going on in schools. No. Can you teach someone to be lactose intolerant? No. You're either born gen- or there's a genetic mutation or your your body just says, hey, thank you very much. No, thank you, ma'am. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And that's what, that's exactly what queerness is. It's like, no, thank you, ma'am, for like this gender or something. Or yeah. no, thank you, ma'am, for this man for this sexuality like you know what i mean like it's it's not voluntary when we don't choose these things and when i sit up here and i tell people like okay maybe you need to consider that there are more than just gay and straight and there are more than just black and white mm-hmm. like maybe people will actually start to think like okay if i'm what i'm seeing is real right i'm seeing like this gay muslim arab immigrant non like Part, partially like non-binary all this stuff in one person it's like how does that make any sense mm-hmm. and then they can actually get their mind like to wrap their mind around it it's actually difficult for them but when they do they realize that there's more people than just here's a gay person yeah like what do you imagine when you see when i say i'll ask you when i imagine imagine a gay person what comes to your mind Up human okay stop <laughs> when i um, I wish I was joking. I know I laughed, but <laughs> I'm sorry. But I actually, I just, I don't, because I understand that people are intersectional by nature. Yeah. Well, you're different. I'm sorry. I should have I, asked you. This, have I should have asked you. There's no. <laughs> you should not have asked me. No. Because I don't think of people. You're evolved in us. I get it. I'm not evolved. <laughs> I'm just I just kidding. have a complex way of thinking about things in general. So and when you're I right think to of when I think of a person. I don't think of like this, 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 this. Like mm-hmm. I'm not putting them together in a pot like spices. I'm not trying to make soup. Like mm-hmm. I just think of this person encompasses everything that they are. Yeah. Whatever that is. So after that, it's either I like this person, they're cool, or I don't. So I'm going to keep my space. <laughs> and that's as far as my brain goes. Yeah. Well, it's strange because like when you when you talk to certain people when you ask them for stereotypes like what when they imagine let's say they i ask a person to imagine a black person mm-hmm. or like to imagine black things they're gonna say what are they gonna say thug thug but they could also say stuff like watermelon or uh, fried, chicken. fried chicken like stupid <laughs> stuff like that basketball even they think. music music rap <laughs> rap yeah the, the, the ghetto yeah and see they're certain like we don't want to put them on like categories and say like oh certain ones are more dangerous than others they're all dangerous Mm -hmm. when it comes when i ask people to imagine imagine a gay person they think of like a scrawny white guy pretty much that's what literally (laughs) when like a and a pride flag like that's what they think (laughs) 
You know what I mean? Truly. So I imagine that in my head. And yeah. all I saw was a scrawny white dude wrapped in a pride flag. Exactly. <laughs> I couldn't deal with it. Well, to be honest, like, that's really what people think. Yeah. They don't think of, hmm, okay, this could be actually a brown person. Yeah. Um, and maybe they're plus size. We, yeah. They don't think of that. They don't think of how that all changes and who that is. No, never. Because why would, why would they go as far as to think that any word or any description can fit more than just one type mm-hmm. of person? Like, why consider other people, right? Why? It's, it's so much work, right, guys? Like, it, it actually is annoying to me because... Mm-hmm. I do speak on these things, and I, and I do speak on, like, not only do I have to main, take, take these struggles from being, you know, Muslim in, in this country, but I have to be gay as well. Mm-hmm. And not only am I having the, the struggle of being gay, I'm also having the struggle of being gay and Muslim. And I mm. also have the struggle of being brown and being an immigrant. And all of these things go hand in hand. They do. And being young. And, like, I got bullied relentlessly. And, like, mm-hmm. I felt so much pain because I was so different. Like, it actually, when you're that different, like, there's no chance for you. You're, you're Literally. over. Yeah. Le- yeah. There's no chance. You're done. Mm-hmm. So, you got to take that power for yourself. So, I'm just trying to, like, tell people. I'm, I'm trying to tell people like me who are, are intersectional. Like, you don't have to be specifically me, but because there's not m- many people that are going to be exactly like me or exactly like anyone. Yeah. But especially like everyone's intersectional but especially those who have multiple minority intersections you gotta be careful mm-hmm. and you gotta take your power because ain't nobody gonna give it to you not at all Mm-hmm. exactly so you you gotta do it and if that means that you have to be loud and annoying and scary and like things i get described as like just as this like as this f- figure almost in a bad way when when we when we think of like how people treat me like i get assumed to be the bully or i get assumed to be aggressive why because like i'm bigger i'm taller and i'm darker i'm browner mm-hmm. like these things go hand in hand when I, when I ask someone to Im- imagine an aggressive person they're typically not going to think of a little white woman oh i do uh, <laughs> <laughs> i i do too though i do too i do too do you know how or like many, a young white girl, you know what I mean? Like No, I think elderly white woman. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just like no, because I've been in too many like shopping mall lines yeah. where they get really, really close and I'm like, excuse me. And they're like, excuse you. I'm like, hello, ah. little old lady. I'm yeah. almost I'm I'm five, nine and a half. You're like four mm-hmm. foot. And I I'm not being scary. Exactly. You are. <laughs> and I don't think anyone should like be considered aggressive because the thing is like people can say when i ask them this question they can say whatever they want but at the end of the day i know when you're uncomfortable if i'm walking with you down the street i know who you're uncomfortable by yes i know when you're trying to avert your gaze and i know why yeah like don't think that i don't know why you're trying to avoid this black person walking past you a black person who is wearing nice clothes who's clearly not going to do anything to you they're on their way to work ma'am yeah (laughs) sir it's happened so much and like to i can <laughs> i know i do this to you all the time i'm sorry no but i i do see like the moments where people almost i i give this analogy of like pearl clutching mm-hmm. um it doesn't i'm not gonna say it happens to me often but it happens too often you know what i mean yeah i'm not walking around as much just got my license so i'm good but like what I am saying is that, like, people do feel uncomfortable when they... I know the strange looks. I get it. Mm-hmm. I used to... I actually used to live in Dryden. Uh, oh. Like a small town of... Uh, well, I say, I say small town. It's a town... Or, no, it's a city, technically. It is a, technically a city, yeah. It's 16,000 people. And to me, that's nothing. <laughs> that's literally... I lived in Mississauga before then. Like, come on. And when we got there, we were the only brown people. We were the only mm. Muslim family. We were um, just very strange to to them. And they saw us and they're like, oh my gosh, someone who's not white or indigenous, like, mm. you know what I mean? Like, this is a very strange thing. My, ma- my mom wears the hijab. Yeah. So, like, we would, 
when I say we would get stared at, it was a normal thing for us to get stared at. We got stared at all the freaking time. Yeah. Imagine you going to work, you're stared at, you driving around. People always have to like double back. They're yep. like, what? Like, so huh? That oh my was, gosh. Yeah, that was my reality for years. Um, coming to Sudbury, like things got better, but it was still, um, there was still like, there's still racism, there's still homophobia, there's still th- these things. Yeah. Like when I say like, I really cannot apply for a job online. I no, don't, for real. I, I like, honestly, unless it's Walmart, like I, I really, I can't because they think that I'm an international student and therefore I should get a job. Like yeah. stuff like that, it really irks me. Um, and people assume that I'm Indian all the time. Like, for example, like, I don't think I look Indian. Maybe I do. But because there's, like, maybe because there's a lot of Indian people here, like, of Indian background here, that they think that I'm Indian, I don't know. But, like, it's wrong for you to assume that. Like, I don't look at a white person and assume that they're from England. Neither do I. Like, or their background is from England. Yeah. So, like, why are you going to do that to me? Exactly. And you know what? I realized that... Um, when people think of a specific type of person in a category, it's not that they're thinking of the behavior. They're thinking of, like, the physical characteristics of that person. Like, for me, I've... Ex- from moving to Sudbury, I when I moved here... Mm-hmm. Oh, my I goodness. I want to hear about that. <laughs> it was very uh, homogenous. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a lot of diversity. Oh, yeah. And... Moving here from Toronto, where there's lots of diversity yeah. and people are used to seeing an individual that looks like me, mm-hmm. I was stared at all the time. So I understand exactly what you're saying. And you get the hair thing where I, they're like, I want to touch your hair. I want to touch your hair. Mm, don't even get me started. <laughs> they would do that to my sister and she does not have kinky hair or like she doesn't have like type C or type. I don't know. Y'all. But like, you don't know. The- I don't know. That. Is it C? Or is it three? It's three, yeah, yeah. She doesn't have type three hair. She just has curly hair, and they're like, "Can we touch it?" I'm like, "No, this is not." This I, is a violation of my personal space. Oof. Don't. You know, I used to wear like hair. I I would wrap my hair mm-hmm. so that people wouldn't touch it. Like God. literally, and that's there was no like, that's battery. Even when I lived on campus, there was no asking. There was just like reaching, and I was like, "Um." And I would dodge, mm-hmm. and then because I dodged their hand, they would get offended. Like, excuse me? Do you understand that you. this this is connected to my body? Like, it grows out of my scalp? Like, yeah. you're trying to touch my me. hair, which is a part of me, exactly. Yeah. Like, would you touch someone's, like, nose? Would you touch someone's, <laughs> no. you know what I mean? Like, that you don't know? Like, hell no. No. Hell no. And so I completely, I can empathize with your experience, because I get that. It was really strange. And then mm-hmm. I was always categorized as scary mm-hmm. because if I was quiet, I was angry. Mm-hmm. If I was thinking, I looked depressed, which makes no sense to me. If I was just walking down the street, like I'm very tall and people mm-hmm. would always be like, who is this tall black person walking yeah. down the street? And they would stare at me from their cars they would stare at me if i was walking down the street they would stare at me and it was just really uncomfortable see i get that because like i think we both look unique in in sudbury and not gonna lie like and even though it's gotten more diverse here i've seen the diversity grow so much over the past so much like three even three years yeah um and like have you i had a question for you have you ever been called exotic because i have oh i absolutely have (laughs) I absolutely have. And then they're like, oh my gosh, what's your name? And I'm like, Jalice. And they're like, oh my gosh, like, where does that come from? Isn't that French? It's French. Like, we live in a city that is supposedly <laughs> bilingual. Really, it's like right. 70-30. Mm-hmm. But it's French. It's it's not like some crazy name. And they've called me all kinds of things. My name's Jalice. Oh, Janelle? No. Oh my God. No. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> just no it's not hard it's not julius hard. no where are you getting these where are you wow. getting these additional letters from like how come they can pronounce like the hardest french names and yet they cannot pronounce your french name i have no idea like they can pronounce Viancourt, but yeah. they can't pronounce julius correct and i would even say it 
like the French way, I'd be like, my name is Julie's. And they'd be like, oh, still don't know my name. Like, it was it was oh, very interesting. Yeah. It's a little better now, not gonna lie. Mm-hmm. But I still understand. Like, there are, they apply specific characteristics or behaviors or even actions to specific people. They mm-hmm. don't think, not everyone, disclaimer, not everyone. <laughs> yeah. But there is a large percentage of people who still do not attribute positive characteristics to specific ethnicities of people yeah or cultures of people exactly it's like skin colors of people have you heard of the thing on tiktok so i was watching this and they're like what race would you not date and literally yeah that's a question that people would ask people on the street and people would always say like the biggest one was indian or like south asian indian's not a race well exactly first of all there's that <laughs> but, or like they would say eth- sorry sometimes they'd say race sometimes they'd say ethnicity it so, always flip-flops yeah yeah and like not the same thing but they would say like let's say they said ethnicity which some of them would mm-hmm. and then people would say indian which again not Why? an ethnicity it's nationality but like south asian that okay part. like i get it so I don't get it. Sorry, I don't agree I don't with get it. it either. I understand what they mean by Indian, but it's just like they would say it. The reason why they would say it now, this is the crazy part. They would say like they're stinky, they're smelly. And I was like, how can you just say that? Like, what are you even talking about? That's bold, first of very all. Very bold to say that an entire ethnicity smells bad. Very, very bold. Yeah. And, and you know, it's pretty crazy because like when I get called exotic, I would especially get called exotic in uh, Dryden. And these these people they would they would say oh my gosh where are you from and i'd be like oh i'm egyptian and then they would say oh my god that's so exotic like that's so exotic that is like, so rude it's i'm like i'm not a bird <laughs> you know what i mean i'm not exotic i'm not a kiwi <laughs> is, is that exotic <laughs> i don't know i'm not a mango I'm trying so hard. <laughs> so I'm that's trying so hard. It's okay. I'll try with you. <laughs> we'll we'll do fine. We'll be all right. We'll be fine. What my point is is like, let's just get down to business and like be normal. Like, I'm not I'm not gonna like be really weird with like some foreign exchange student. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and I don't think anyone should. No. Like, I, I can be. You can be curious. And I think in Dread and a lot of people were curious, but they were just so strange. Like, treat me. I'm a human being at the uh, first and fourth. Through and through. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So, like, that's the first thing you should see. It shouldn't be my race. And these are the same people that claim, I don't see race. I don't see race. I don't see color. I don't see color. I don't see color. And it's just like, okay, but that means that you don't see me. Mm -hmm. Like. Not only not so not only are you not trying to get to know me, but you're just applying all the stereotypes that you see mm-hmm. on social media to who I am. But you're also not even trying to see who I am. Exactly. Like people of various ethnic- ethnicities are not monolithic. Mm-hmm. People of various ethnicities are not monolithic. Repeat it again. As we you are not all the same. My mm-hmm. dad and I are not the same. My exactly. mom and I are not the same. My brothers and I are not the same. We're not we're not the same and we're all in the same family. So mm-hmm. why would you think then that an entire community of people, not whether Egyptian or Jamaican mm-hmm. or you wouldn't assume that all Irish people are the same. You wouldn't assume why would you assume then that all South Asian people are the same? Right. Or that all African people are the same. But they really and they're not think even, so. Like, Africa is a continent. I like know. It's the second <laughs> biggest one, actually. They don't. People don't know that Egypt's in Africa. Did you know that? I did. I'm sorry. Like, How did they did not you, know? Like, did you know that they don't know? Like, a lot of people would be like, like, um, I don't know. They wouldn't consider me African, or they would also be like, what continent is Egypt in? Like, they genuinely don't know. And I, that just comes down to, like, I'm sorry. You did not pay attention to geography, clearly. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, like, when it comes to that, really, like, I'm African through and through. I love mm-hmm. Africa. That's my, that's my home. Like, Denial that's the motherland. is a river in, in Egypt. Egypt. <laughs> <laughs> and it's 
it's just crazy to me that people don't know this and people don't really attribute it because the thing is they'll think of an african person mm -hmm. they literally think of like some poor villager in uh, sub-saharan africa like i'm like what are you talking about like how can you think that that's the entire continent people exactly. always make fun of like i don't know africa i guess not having water i'm like we have plenty of water Pl hello plenty nile. plenty the nile honey we got that that's the biggest one. I don't care what they say about the Amazon, okay? <laughs> In either way, it's not white people place, like a white uh, con like what country, country or majority yeah. country. I, I don't understand, but I also kind of do because I remember I was talking to a friend and we were having a conversation similar to this. Mm -hmm. And our conclusion was there's a difference between ignorance, which is lack of knowledge. Mm-hmm and stupidity mm -hmm. and i'm not saying that people are stupid I, mm -hmm. I don't think that people are stupid i think that people are just willing to live in ignorance ignorance they're willing to live because it's easier that's, th that's such a good definition because i feel like ignorance is you don't you don't know because you just don't know but stupidity is you don't know because you don't, you don't want, want to know. exactly and they don't and they don't have to i have to know politics that part i have to know politics because I need to know what's happening and what are they going to do to my people, you know what I mean? But these, like, when I ask um, other people, like, I would say more so white people or straight people, they don't, they don't, they, they won't tell you, like, many of them. They're not involved in, in social justice, and that's where the stereotype of, like, being racialized or being a minority, let's say, um, being a minority comes with, like, this notion that you're some social justice warrior. Mm. but the it's actually the inverse it's it's the fact that i think being involved in politics should be the normal and if you're not you're the strange one i think that should be how it's go yeah yeah what? like truly <laughs> that was not english <laughs> at all i think that should be how it goes yeah people would always make fun of me for like being really proud of my culture and my traditions and and my even my sexual orientation and my race and all that stuff like i'm proud I'm proud, and I, I don't care if you don't think that I should be proud. I'm going to be proud. And if you think I'm doing too much, because that is the biggest thing. They always say, they always say, you're doing too much. Why are you always talking about this? You're the biggest social justice warrior that I know. Like, it's so annoying. I'm like, yeah, it's annoying for you because people are listening, and right. you don't want to. So you don't want to be this, the, the odd one out. It's too much. Like we gotta leave that past. Leave it in twenty twenty three. Please, and it's twenty twenty four. Thank you. As a matter of fact, leave it in twenty twenty one. Like that should have been left <laughs> over <laughs> with COVID. Thank you. At the beginning, of, even before COVID, it should have been gone. But COVID was your last chance, and you're still here. <laughs> that's how it's been going, and I think part of the reason why social justice is even a thing is because we exist mm -hmm. like our exactly. existence is not the same as everybody else's mm -hmm. whether you're born in canada or you're an immigrant your our existence is not the same i'm i'm canadian born yeah and my existence is not the same from i was young my my mom was talking to me about different politics and just the things that she went through when she came to canada like yeah. she came into canada when racism was still and it, it still it is, is still let's alive. just be real so but it was much. more in your face yeah like my mom came here in the 60s holy yeah yeah like 60s early early 70s really my mom came yeah. here in the early 70s where she went to school in the gta right and for I mean, me, and in the gta too right where there's so many and Jam jamaican people also have such a rich culture and history here yeah like and since before then even exactly and even then like recounting stories with her how she would see a teacher put her sisters behind the door and squeeze them behind the door like that was happening in canada mm -hmm. not the u.s like that's here mm -hmm. and a lot of people don't talk about racism in canada as though it's real or discrimination in canada as though it's real and there are so many movements <laughs> mm -hmm. movements happening in the school system happening in politics happening mm -hmm. in um 
these companies that are clothing fashion companies there's so many movements but there's actually no movement like they're they're putting these policies in place but are they actually following the policies that they put in place because if i report with future north that would never happen but if Mm -hmm. (laughs) if i was to report in a different even a different organization like hey this person said something that was inherently discriminatory towards me Mm -hmm. what would be the response because i've i've done that yeah i've two years ago i've done how long have i been here two and a half years ago i did that Mm -hmm. and you want to know what happened nothing Nothing. oh i know like not that i know that situation but i know that feeling and that pain because i had to report my boss um to the to a college of pharmacists actually wow the college of pharmacists and i got zero like zero response i followed up followed up zero real measures yeah and it was over comments of my boss saying that i deserved to and in front of everyone saying that people like me deserve to be checked out more in airport security because people like me are more likely to commit terrorism whoa yeah and there were other you Mm -hmm. and people around heard it people around were actually repeating it one person was repeating that same sentiment because they felt like they got the they got the pass because that was the manager oh my gosh so i reported the person and nothing happened zero i'm so sorry i lost that job and you know i'm glad i I didn't lose that job i left that job i'm glad that i did yeah and i'm not glad that i had to because had i been a struggling student or had i been a single parent or a parent at all like i would not have had that option Mm. and i have the freedom and the the privilege of having that freedom you know what i mean yeah that i can just leave and i can get another job other people cannot do that it is a privilege it really is because we have the ability to say this is not working for me and Mm -hmm. i gotta go to somewhere that's better for me and i think that the reason why a lot of people i won't say people i'll say organizations have these policies but don't actually follow through on what they write in those policies is because they believe that these individuals who are experiencing discrimination or racism or any form of harassment don't have anywhere else to go we still live in this mindset that oh they're gonna stay because who else is gonna pay them who Mm -hmm. else is gonna hire them where else are they gonna go and that happens way too often and then these organizations are not held accountable like we have a whole ontario human rights association commission like we have the human rights and the the tribunal right so that tribunal now is actually seeking more this is tea by the way legal tea so um they're actually trying to we're at at a time right now where they're trying to um give more money uh, as compensation to victims of you know human rights complaints Mm. like the by victim i mean like the people who file them and like who have experienced a human rights violation stuff like that um, and now they don't want it to be that, you know, corporations and organizations can just get away with uh, being racist or prejudiced. Because they shouldn't. Cause, and then just be able to pay off like a $10,000 fine. Like, no, now y'all are actually going to pay. Y'all are actually going to pay because this is not correct. You cannot do this. So I'm glad that there's that change. I just think, I would hope, and I, I really do wish that organizations were more on top of it. Yeah. And, and not was, in a performative way. Exactly. And I also wish they would remove the statute of limitation. That's why I was Googling. Yes. Because I wanted to know. You have One to year. file. Yeah. One year. One year is not Do you know how... I wish people understood like how long it takes to build up even the courage to say, I'm going to file the suit. And I'm going to file the complaint. And you know how long the complaint even takes like they are so backlogged it takes years yeah and then on top of that the the hoops you have to jump through based on the organization you're working with Mm -hmm. you have to go through the supervisor then you have to go through the supervisor supervisor or the manager then you have to go through this then you have to then you have to go through this and then oh you're gonna have to have a meeting with these people and it's like isn't and hr isn't there for you 
Not at all. Mm-hmm. HR is there for the company. Exactly. And sometimes they try to bury it. Oh, take some time Most off of, of work. Uh, well, yeah. Like, we'll pay yeah. you. Not everybody. Oh, my goodness. It's the worst. Yeah. Not everybody has the privilege to just leave. And not everybody has the knowledge to that helps them take the next step to even get to a point where they say, I'm going to file, file a human rights complaint. Yeah. And it's it's money and it's time. And that's lucky. And it's it's that's even if you're lucky enough to um, have a lawyer or have the legal, like the methods, because that's a legal thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? How are you going to do that alone? Like, it's hard to do it alone. Do you have the time to do it alone? Do you have the money to afford a lawyer if you yeah. need one? Exactly. And even if you don't need one, like time is money. Like the, all that, it takes a lot of time to file these things. And yep. if you're doing it alone without a lawyer, yeah, you better be paying. Like that's time you could have been spent uh, spending working yeah. or and studying. It, exactly. And if you don't know where to look, because let's be real, Canada, these government sites are a mess. Yes. So if you <laughs> don't know where to look for the information and if you're given the round and round, like you're going just round and round the information that you actually are looking for, and the in- the English on these websites are not plain, then you have no idea mm-hmm. how to take the next steps. And the struggles of the everyday people, truly. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. And, like, some of those struggles even go back to, like, I don't know, something like affording uh, universities and affording schooling. And, you know, just <sighs> these things are needed, right? And, yeah. like, we don't have that. And, like, that's something that I even struggle with where I'm like, how where am I going to get this money? Yeah, I mean, for university. But you landed (laughs) a golden ticket. Yes, that's like Willy Wonka's chocolate factory. That's exactly what I thought about. Oh, do you know? We're not allowed to say that for. uh, I don't know. (laughs) Royalty. I'm sorry. Okay. That's okay. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) We have to cut that out, but it's okay. We'll edit it. (laughs) I'll edit it in post. Um, Oh, you'll edit it. I'll edit it in post. Don't worry. Ahmed has landed the golden ticket yes. and is currently a finalist. But you'll have to wait until part two to hear more about it. So stay tuned and keep up with the episode post. Watch the clips. Mm-hmm. We're always posting on our Instagram, TikTok, when the next episode's coming out. And we'll see you next time. See ya. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye.